happy Wednesday, wherever you are on this phenomenal planet. I know I should just leave my monitors alone. I am happy to see you. I'm happy that you are here. I am really excited to share. Hold on. Let me put my phone on mute. Before I jump on, I actually want to do a sound check. For those of you who are viewing and streaming, just drop a comment down in the comment below. Let me know that you hear me say yes, right? Um, rules of engagement. Please let me know that you are here. Press one says I'm here. Press two says I shared it. And I'm really excited to say that I am doing a very special segment. I'm going to do a special series on property retention. So yeah, we're going to shake things up, mix things up a little bit. And um, Clint Jay's in the building. He says, yes. All right. Good, good. Great seeing you. Thanks for checking in. Uh, so we're going to be discussing property retention. For my industry professionals, feel free to chime in. Uh, if you've learned something new, let me know. That way I know that uh, there's some added value here. And um, I also welcome you to share some love, right? Let, let us know where you're uh, hailing from. So today is Wednesday. Today is a show day. Ready, set, real estate. I am back on my normal schedule. And because I'm doing the series, I and I really want you guys to get it, I'm going to do the show in the evening. So that's 6.30 Pacific time, 9.30 Eastern. And of course, Central time, you guys will catch it in between time, <laughs> in between time zones. My name is Lisa Porto. I am creator and founder and host of Ready, Set, Real Estate and a whole bunch of cool things that you should check out at lasuperagent.com. I'm an award-winning author. I'm a professional agent trainer. I'm a national public educator. All that means I have a passion and a purpose for real estate literacy. I'm a real estate advocate. And what that means is I start as young as nine years old with the babies. Uh, shout out to uh, Cassie Betts of Misla, made in South LA, for bringing me on as one of the facilitators of a virtual youth boot camp. And so I've been spearheading the real estate component, and we're going to wrap that up this week. It's been a phenomenal experience, really incredible. Uh, I have a wonderful group of kids. I always have a, an amazing group of kids who are learning real life skills, real life information as it relates to real estate. So today we're going to do presentation style. Oh, yeah. Homeowner Bill of Rights is what I want to talk about. So listen, get your notepads together. Uh, get your pen, paper, and because we are going to be doing a series, especially at this time. And all the <laughs> Clint says, I'm her. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, especially at this time, right? Because there's a lot happening in the market. There is a lot happening in the market. Um, if you want to call in, feel free. You can call into the show. Dial 310-217-4128. Uh, this is an open forum. If it's, if you're not able to chime in with your questions, because some of, some of you are viewing on YouTube, that's fine. You can dial in. I'll take the call. I'll screen your question and just make sure... Um, you know, we have appropriate calls because this is a live show. So respect the fact that it is a live show. And uh, and I have to do that full disclaimer because I used to do live shows 
And I've had some really interesting things happen, y'all. And I just don't want to go through that again. <laughs> so I want to be very careful. And what else? So do know that you can call in if there are questions. Wonderful. So I want to know, for those of you who are in California, were you aware that there is a homeowner's bill of rights? There is something such as a homeowner's bill of rights. Now, I am an active California real estate broker. I'm an active professional. So I do engage in regular business in the state of California and refer business outside. As we have our discussions today, specifically state specific to California, there may be something similar in your state that we can learn and research together. So do not be opposed to sitting in and learning. Do not be opposed to sit in and learn because California, along with Florida, Texas, New York, and Washington, uh, those are some of the states that kind of set the rules of engagement for everyone else. Uh, you know, especially when you look at these are the high premium uh, uh, properties and there's uh, they're highly regulated. There are so many things that are involved. Oh, let me close that out. Actually, I've got uh, windows still on. Yeah, I was still working. So let me close that window. So we have no interferences. No interferences. All right. Very good. OK, you said I'm here. You pressed one, I'm here. Two lets me know you shared it. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you've got your popcorn ready and your juice because we're going to learn a day. We're going to learn a day. We're going to learn a day. So do know that the Homeowners Bill of Rights was actually enacted into law January 1st, 2013. 2013. Um, the very important, so today's angle in terms of the series that I'm doing is a focus on owners and home ownership and home retention, especially during this time of a pandemic, especially during this time that we have in our political arena, that there are so many changes, there's extensions, you know, do we pay our taxes? Will we have time to pay our taxes? What's going on with my mortgage payment? Um, you know, will I have a balloon? What are my forbearance options? And feel free to, you know, call with your questions. I do leave my number um, available and I'll just sh shout it out for those of you who are tuning in on the radio podcast. By the way, shout out to our radio podcast listeners listening to on all of your favorite radio podcasts everywhere. My direct number is 323-488-3265, 323 Four eight eight three two six five. Got that? All right, very good. Just wanted to make sure you had that. All right, let's get into it, y'all. Let's get into this here. I got just a little, uh, some key points in terms of what is new with the Homeowner Bill of Rights. Now, for some of you who may be engaging with clients from the industry professional, it'd be great if you're in the California, you can print this sheet out from the um, county registrar's office, county recorder's office. It's a great sheet. I would suggest you package that in your closing documents, right? After you congratulate your clients and say, thank you so much for doing business with me. I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, see at the housewarming and all that other fun stuff and all that wonderful stuff you do. I suggest you print the sheet and empower them, right? Let them know 
that in the event that life happens, like, would you agree life is happening right now? Life is happening right now. So they should know what their options are. Clint says, good info. I'm not even halfway into my presentation. He's like, yo, this is already good. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> so number one, the homeowner must be contacted prior to foreclosure. So in the event that you are having life happen, you are going through things, you are unable to maintain and keeping your payments current keeping your mortgage payments current. If you are unable to do that, California actually, along with other states, have what is called a judicial or a non-judicial process. Uh, if you would like to know more about foreclosures and tax sales, et cetera, I've got a whole presentation where I break it down by state. So you know what states uh, go by the judicial process and non-judicial. California mainly goes by non-judicial process by the way of deeds of trust. So that means the mortgages are recorded, but what is being conveyed at the time of recording is that the borrower is, borrower is agreeing and saying, in the event that I do not pay you, I will allow you to sell this property to get the rest of the money that I owe you. <gasps> Did you know that's what you were signing? Did you know that that's what you're signing? It's in the, it's in your documents. Um, FYI, that's what it is. That's what a mortgage is. And when that deed of trust is recorded, that is what it states. It says for collateral, right? The property uses collateral. Drop that in the comments below. Collateral. C-O-L-L-A-T-E-R-A-L. -L -L -E Such an important word right now collateral because we're seeing collateral damage on all kinds of you know fronts right now collateral drop that in the comments below for collateral right this is the collateral the properties the collateral and in exchange for you to get the money borrow and finance that transaction if you of course you're not purchasing uh, all cash then you are saying in the event that i default meaning i don't pay i'm unable to pay then you will have legal grounds to essentially sue me for what I owe. All right. So note, note, very important that they cannot start or file the foreclosure proceedings or process until they've attempted to contact you. They have to show good faith effort that they called you they sent you letters they looked you up and said hey what's going on we haven't received your payments help us help you that's what they're saying and that happens over a series of months for a lot of you by the time i get that phone call some of you have been 12 months past due. And so notice that not until the mortgage servicer files the notice of default, are you officially in default and officially in foreclosure. So if that is not filed, you are not in default. You are not in a foreclosure. 
until they file what is called the notice of default, which is also known as NOD. Y'all know how I feel about um, uh, words, right? So drop that in the comments below, NOD, which also stands for notice of default. Let's take some good notes today, especially at this time. Somebody's going to need this information, whether you need it now or later, or somebody's uh, auntie, grandma, grandpa, somewhere, somehow, somewhere out there in the world of mortgages and home ownership is going through something right now and they need this information. So please make sure you press one and let me know that you shared it. All right. So it takes me a little bit while to type, but I want to get sure, make sure I get that in here for you. Thank you, Clint. Clint's got us. He's got us taking those good notes. He's got us in here for NOD. Please drop that in the comments below. There's no shame in the game to let other people know that you are learning, that you are learning something because you never know, right? You never know. You never knew. <laughs> oh my gosh. Crack myself up. You never know when you use this information. All right. So again, uh, if I said uh, shout out to my YouTubers. Hey there. Thank you. Thanks for chiming in at the LA Super Agent channel, youtube.com slash LA Super Agent. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any new videos or and it'll notify you and let you know when I'm coming on. That way you don't miss the property retention street, uh, uh, series. What I'll be discussing in, in this series is strategy on how to keep your property. And then in that strategy is how to acquire more property while you're doing all of this stuff. So that's the name of the game right now is how do we extend our legacies, transfer our legacy to the appropriate people in our lives, right? Charities, family, children, wife, all that other stuff, husband, you know, whatever your desires are, that's what we're going to discuss because there's a lot of missing pieces that I am seeing not translating once you get the keys and that the keys can come by way of airship, right? You inherit a property. Keys can come way by a gift. Somebody gift you a property. Keys may come way by your own personal effort, right? Financing, purchasing property. So in those instances, you may not be privy of what's next. And that's what I want to discuss in this series is the what's next. All right. So thank you for those of you who are chiming in on the Facebook channel, facebook.com slash LA super agent. Thank you over there for checking us out. Um, NOD's notice of default. So until that is filed, you're not in foreclosure, right? So until that's filed, you're not in foreclosure. When you contact me or a professional and you say, hey, I've missed some payments. I'm having a hard time. I'm going through some stuff. First thing I do is I do a title check. I do a date down. I want to look at everything that's going on with that property. And I ordered that through the title company and we do a date down and then I can see what was filed. A lot of you have PACE liens on your property. We're going to discuss that in further detail. I've done that series about two years ago. I talk about PACE liens. I'm going to talk about it again because I see it's showing up and it's causing some challenges for some of you who went ahead and signed on to the home uh, uh, hero and PACE liens. Do know that the county uh the county and the our local ordinances or i would say local politicians have decided to no longer support 
pace lanes. I think that was a victory for us who was fighting against that. So good job for those activists who were fighting against that. We now got that victory that is no longer being supported. And that way it was really hurting homeowners in particularly the owners who were veterans, mature clients, i.e. my senior clients, elder clients, also my non-speaking, my non-English speaking clients were dearly impacted by that, all right? So if you know someone who also has a pace lane now and wants to review their options, feel free to uh, reach out as well for a one-on-one -on -one discussion on that. So you've got this, part of the homeowner bill of rights is they must contact you and they and then 30 days after they reach out to you, they then can file the notice of default which is by way of notifying you and all interested parties that they are coming to claim their rightful interests in the property. They're going to sell the collateral at an auction, highest and best bidders and pay themselves what they owe. And then you can then file. Oh, I'm going to leave that for the end. What you're supposed to do towards the end. All right. Clint says, how about Habitats for Humanity? Um, I may have missed a comment. What about Habitat? Huh? What about Habitats for Humanity? Um, you're saying, are they subject to this? So Habitats for Humanity is an organization. I actually did a sale that they record what is called a CCNR, Condition, Covenant, and Restriction. And usually they stipulate that um, in the event of the homeowner not being able, it is there's this and the housing authority of different cities, the housing authority in different cities. And some of these organizations, such as Habitats for Humanity, that's why check your deeds, check those documents of what they're stipulating. In the event that you cannot pay them, what they decide on is they have a right the first right or right of first refusal to basically uh, take that property back. Um, if they don't activate that clause, it's a clause in there. If they decide they don't want to take that property back, then that property will go forth in an auction and being sold to the highest bidder and then an investor will go ahead and flip it. Uh, so great, great question, Clint. I actually did a deal this January with the same exact situation. The property was lost to, during foreclosure, had a CC and rights uh, for the housing authority. They had the right to purchase the property, but they did not activate or you know use that clause. And instead it was sold to an investor. Now here's the, 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 the sharpness, right? Where it matters of who you work with as well. See, I pay attention, attention to those title records. I encourage my professionals to, to pay attention to those title records for your clients. When we got an escrow, that CCNR was still on the title. It was still on there stating that my client, if she continued with the purchase of this property with that stipulation, on the property, she would not be able to sell it to um, someone outside of a low to medium income range. They call it LMI. So the low to medium income range, that's what housing affordability uh, organizations do. 
is that they stipulate that these properties can only be sold to LMI borrowers, low to medium income borrowers. And so what I did, because the housing authority did not enact that clause, what I requested was they remove it off the title. So she was not capped or restricted to whom she could sell that property to. And we got that removed off of title free and clear. All right. Uh, Clint says, would they have to be military only? Um, question, Habitats for Humanity in a military? I'm confused about, are we talking about, uh, I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. Cause um, no, 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 I'm, I'm not. Habitats for Humanity is not excluded to military families. No, uh, to answer that question. Habitats for Humanity is not restrictive in that way. Uh, they usually have a process in a uh, in which uh, borrowers can qualify for those for those properties. All right. So I think I answer that for those of you who um, want to know that answer. Okay, Clint says I'll call you on the side. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, no worries. Speaking of military, be mindful that there are some foreclosure. There are some companies. Uh, some mortgage servicers and lenders who actually have been illegally foreclosing on homeowners. And there was just a recent settlement of last year in 2019, a $45 million settlement um, because this one of these companies was foreclosing on military borrowers. Crazy, right? Crazy. So with that being said, Point number two, as we continue our homeowner bill of rights, there is a restriction of a dual track foreclosure, meaning the mortgage servicers cannot continue foreclosure if the homeowner is working on a loan modification, right? So what that means is the minute you say, hey, I would like to see if I can, my, my goal is they will actually send you a sheet uh, you can make the phone call and I'll give you a step-by-step. -step. As a matter of fact, if you want the step-by-step -step guide on what to do, if you are in this, feel free to send me an email or just say, I want it and I'll email it to you. Okay. Because I've, I, if you are in my community, you get this as part of a newsletter that I do on what to do, but there's literally a process. You pick up the phone you let them know what your what your goals are, and then they send you paperwork. You check the box and say, "My intention is to keep keep the property, right?" And then you go through that whole process. Um, but do know it is your right to explore your options, and at the time you're exploring their options, they have to cease, meaning stop the foreclosure process. They cannot proceed until a decision has been made on the loan modification. Now, I want to say this in full disclaimer right now in full disclaimer there is a difference between your lender and your mortgage servicer some lenders service the loan meaning they're the ones that's collecting the payments applying it to your account you know that they gave you the loan or they bought your loan and they're servicing your loan for the most part these things are two separate entities right you have a mortgage servicer that is overseeing the accounts receivable, excuse me, and payables from you and properly or improperly crediting your mortgage payment. Did you hear what I said? Or improperly crediting your mortgage 
payment. Why? Because yes, they've gotten, there's some companies that have gotten spanked for not properly tracking and reporting mortgage payments. When did we see this happen and become an issue? In 2008, during the financial housing crises. Why were they doing that? It was so that they can expedite processing foreclosures, like, you know, giving out fortune cookies left and right. They were doing the robo signing. So they weren't, they were saying that the people weren't paying their mortgage. They were expediting foreclosures and people were losing their houses by in, in that way. And you know which companies got spanked on that on the hand for that, right? We we all we've been there. If you are watching this and you've never experienced this, do know that historically it was the largest white-colored crime in the history of the United States. All right. There's tons of documentaries and movie that you can look that up. Okay. What I'm saying now is factual and is not to throw jabs at anyone. It's just know your history and why you should be uh, sitting in on something like this. So you have due diligence. Um, all right. So cool. Let's move on. Feeling good about this. The, the next point here is that they are to guarantee a single point of contact for the owner who is at risk of default. That means you have one person that knows what's going on with your case or your loan. They know what the updates are. They know what documents you've sent. They know what needs to be received. They know what the next stages and steps are, guaranteeing a single point of contact. So for those of you who have experienced that with me, do know we've seen that happen, right? We get the name, the extension of the person, and we call in directly to that person. None of that I got to talk to this person and that person, the next person. If you've ever had to call a customer service line or a tree line, notice it's that process, right? You're talking to everyone. Do know to ask for who that single point of contact is. Who is that single point of contact? They should have that information for you. The next point here is verification of documents, meaning the mortgage servicers that record multiple and unverified and inaccurate doc documents can and will face civil penalty of up to 7,500 per loan, which means in all of this mess or hoopla, you can actually go after them and find and sue them for that, right? You're recording unverified documents, inaccurate information. What are you doing here? Creating a mess for some of us, <laughs> but you know better right? You know better as of today. You know better as of today, which is important. All right. So next point here, as we continue discussing the Homeowner Bill of Rights, if you're just chiming in or catching the replay, do know that I'm covering this as part of California's Homeowner Bill of Rights. You want to check with your state or we can look it up together and find out what your rights are when it comes to uh, homeowner retention. This is part of the property retention series that I'm beginning in light of what I see happening in light of the phone calls I'm getting and the concerns about forbearance loans and balloon payments and notice of defaults and pre-foreclosure. That list goes on and on and on. So I felt to kick off the series, let's talk about what your rights are as a homeowner. I think that's fair enough to start there. All right. If you're just chiming in, make sure you press one. Let me know you're here and press two. Let's me know that you shared it. Um, all right. 
So the next point is enforceability. Borrower, borrowers have rights to seek civil relief for any material violations. So guess what? You can go after the mortgage servicers. Absolutely. They mess up. You're violating the rules. You're not playing nicely. You can get together with an attorney that specializes or works in this area of real estate uh, law and go after them. As a matter of fact, I had a guy in my show that showed us last year, I think he was on the show last year, maybe the year before 2018. It was such an awesome segment. There were so many jewels dropped in there. He showed us, you guys, how to challenge and win a foreclosure. And it's usually, it has to do with paperwork. That was an awesome episode. Awesome episode. Um, it's on the channel. So definitely, I, you want a keyword on my channel, uh, check out the episode. And I talked about for, um, foreclosures. Foreclosures. All right. So enforceability, that is your right. You have the right to uh, basically go after them for any material violations um, in that process. Okay. The next point here is tenant rights. Tenant rights. Very important for those of you who buy foreclosures, who go to the auctions and the tax sales and you pick up properties that are owner occupied or tenant occupied, right? That they will have to give you a three day notice if owner occupied and then notify you of the foreclosure proceedings, right? And, and pursue unlawful detainer, et cetera, go through that process. Same thing as if uh, with tenants, right? Notice that pur purchasers of foreclosed homes uh, are required to honor current leases. The other option there is what we call cash for keys. So in some instances, if you just don't want to go through it's not that you don't want to. If you have a tenant that was is willing to cooperate with you and in exchange for relocating without you having to evict them, you can come to terms on what is called cash for keys, right? You stipulate how much you're willing to pay for them to uh, move out of the property, no damages, broom swept, here's a deposit now, the rest is paid. Um, when you move out and you deliver the keys, we walk through, make sure everything is good order. You give me, you complete a um, W-4 form, if I'm not mistaken. Is it a W? I forget which form. But basically, um, you want to collect their information. Uh, that way, you report that you've paid uh, that person monies, right, in order to relocate to that property. So do know. Um, honor current leases if you are a purchaser of a foreclosed home, home, such as giving those tenants 90 days before starting the eviction proceedings. So yes, even though you purchase a property, um, you do have the rights as the owner to pursue uh, evicting the tenants. Now, for those of you who are owners and in that situation, this is where I remind folks that, you know, denial is a, you know, that Nile River, the denial is a very, you know, tricky and sad and lonely space and place because if you are not actively working on retention and then exploring other options available to you 
And in the event your property gets sold, guess what? You are still going to have to move out by way of a forced eviction, uh, meaning they're going to go through the proceedings, get in a lawful detainer, order from the judge, sh serve you, show up with sheriffs, and the sheriffs usually will give you about less than a couple hours to get whatever you have to leave that property, right? Because it's been a process. It's not, they know you haven't been there overnight. They know you've been there for months, years, as this has been carrying on. But eventually, if you do nothing, owners, homeowners, if you do nothing by way of modifying the loan, you know, um, seeking other options to bring your accounts current, if um, last resort, you have to sell it. If you don't do any of that, do know that someone's going to make you leave. And that's why I said that that denial is something that I would love to know. How do we get people past really exploring their options um, so they're not forced in the end? And that happens if you don't do anything. Do know that no decision is still a decision, right? Indecision is still a decision. You are deciding not to do anything. It's still a decision. Very important. Moving on. There is the statute of limitations, and that has now been extended from one to three years to prosecute mortgage-related crimes. This is in the event if you're, you've been violated or there was a crime committed against you by the mortgage servicer, right, the mortgage company. You have, with the statute of limitations, not just one year now, it's now three years to go after them for damages, okay? And you can seek and recover damages. Um, in the event that you lose the property during that process, you then have, you still have after that process of foreclosure to go after them and recover uh, monetary damages. Okay. So not just because you get foreclosed on, it happens, it's, it's over and you think you can't go after them for uh, damages. You can, all right. You can, you still have that. Just do know that it is three years. It's, you have three years to do that. Statue of limitations are very important. Listen up. Um, I feel like that was short, quick, and to the point. And it's perfect because I'm not meant to do, you know, a whole classroom and series uh, with this. This really was meant to be um, very on point, informational. If you have any comments or questions or you have a specific scenario you want to discuss, you want to sidebar with me, you've got my number here, 323 four eight eight three two six five again that's three two three four eight eight three two six five uh listen thanks for hanging out with me on a wednesday evening if you know anyone who is experiencing foreclosure right has received a notice of default and they need someone to talk with please have them reach out i've got some free resources available and do know that the law says that you should not be charged when you are in default or foreclosure. You should be getting free help to keep your home. With that, I say, I bid, I bid you farewell, my beautiful folks. And I'll see you next week on another information-packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate. All right. Bye.